What's up, fools? This is Nigel McGuinness. This is Ring of Honor's Adam Cole. This is the king of old school, Steve Carino. This is Nick and Matt Jackson. What up, what up? This is your boy, ATH. This is the undisputed Burger King, Keith Burger. Hey, this is TJ Perkins. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mike Bondo. This is Bobby Fish, one half of Red Dragon. This is the hit book, Red Titus. And you're listening to the ROH Podcast. Or is it ROH Cast on ROHworld.com? They say they made all podcasts equal. They were wrong. These three guys are something like FBI agents. Be careful. You're on the ROH Cast, episode 115, here exclusively on ROHworld.com. The zombie podcaster Des with you, along with the American bearded nightmare John. And John, we are. A little over 24 hours away at the time we're recording this from the biggest Ring of Honor show of the year, Final Battle in New York City. Absolutely, and it is a beautiful blue, sunny day outside here in Jacksonville, Florida, but I can't think of a better way to spend it than inside talking about tomorrow night's Final Battle show. Yes, great way to spend your day is talking about wrestling instead of you know going outside and, and living life. No football this week, John? Uh, there is a Jaguar game Sunday, but that's after final battle, so I'm not worried about it just yet. Well, I mean, judging by the way Ring of Honor have released their their uh, DVDs lately, you'll probably get it long after the Jaguar game has ended. Probably long after the Jaguar season ends in three weeks. <laughs> that's true. Uh, so, obviously, since this is the last ROH cast before final battle... We'll have an in-depth review for you a little later on in the program. An in-depth preview, rather. It's going to be hard to review the show uh, before it happens. I am not that guy, Dolphins 1925, or or I can't review the show before it happens. I don't have that talent. Uh, But we do have a TV show to talk about, John. The go-home show, and I was pleasantly surprised to tune into Ring of Honor Television and see a go-home show a week before the show. It was refreshing. I agree. They usually do these go-home shows the night of the show where nobody sees it. Yes. But I think they finally figured out a way to time it out to where it actually aired the week before, and I thought they did a fantastic job hyping up Final Battle. Yeah, right from the get-go, they did a really good job. The opening match was a tag match between uh, Outlaw Not Inc. Inc. and... The American Wolves, and uh, you know, it's I guess the last match that we're going to see the American Wolves in, uh, in Ring of Honor for a while. But uh, it was a it was a good tag match that set up the Red Dragon match at Final Battle between uh, Red Dragon and Outlaw Inc. Yes, this was probably the last Davy Richards match ever in Ring of Honor, mm. and just right off the bat, it made me laugh when they came out and. Kevin Kelly goes, these guys scare me. And then I think it was Eddie Kingston hugged him. And he goes, <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. But that was the best. I'm still confused by Outlaw Inc. Because they work these matches, the, all their matches as faces, but they come across as heels. And I'm not sure what to make of them still. Yes, they're very sarcastic. They're very smug. But you're right. They, they're doing the babyface in peril thing. The wolves are being the heels in this one. Um, I, I was... You know, I think Ring of Honor has just figured out we, you know what, our fans don't make sense, so our product doesn't have to make sense, which is not the way to think about it, but that's <laughs> that's what I think they've decided. 
Yeah, but the match itself was, I guess, standard fare for Outlaw Inc. It was okay, nothing great. Uh, I thought Steve Carino really added added some nice things on commentary when they, I think, headbutted Davy Richards. And he goes, don't do that. He'll say more stupid things in interviews. Yes. Uh, that was really funny. That was a good line. I, I, I heard that one, too, and I, was, I just laughed. Steve Carino says things that I, I really don't think he's supposed to say. Um, but he's, what are they going to do, fire him? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, this was this was good, and then afterward, it was uh, they were talking about their match, and they were going to have a match with uh, Red Dragon for the titles at Final Battle. And I guess we'll talk about how I see that match and how you see that match ending up when we get to the preview a little little uh, later on in the show. But then we but went also to... during the match, Red uh, Red Dragon came out and stole. The masks of Outlaw Inc., but that went absolutely nowhere. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. If you, I guess it's the ultimate insult. If you have any friends who are in the business of clowning, and you take their clowning gear, you you don't want to. You know, you've gotten on their bad side now. So you better hope that you don't have a wrestling match coming up against them soon, because they will beat you up. And unfortunately for Red Dragon, they have a wrestling match against them. So that sucks. Um, all right, so then we went to the highlight of the show by far, which was the uh, four-way, four-corner survival match. And I thought this was awesome. It was uh, Roddick Strong, Jay Lethal, Michael Elgin, and Matt Taven with, like, five hoopla hotties. Why do you have yep. so many? Because you can. Hmm. Including the one who didn't know how to use the didn't know how to get into the ring that was hilarious it took her a good what minute and a half to climb through two ropes that was the best it's like, like, I, like, I don't, like what, what was her like, i don't know why she struggled so much with that it, it was a daunting task i don't know i mean maybe in the at the strip club she hadn't even made it to like pole dancing yet maybe she's just not athletically inclined like that uh, I, just remember, I just remember her trying to take her shoes off to make it easier. She couldn't even do that. <laughs> so she must not be that good of a stripper then. Uh, yeah, she probably won't make it very far in the stripper business. It's a hard business, that stripping business. Uh, I see what you did there. Hard? Yeah. Yes. That's disgusting. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> anyway, this four-way, I thought it was very good. They put it right in the middle of the show, and it really kicked the pace up. Um, leading into the main event seg- segment. And they had the right guy take the pin here in uh, uh, Roderick Strong, who really isn't involved in any of the top programs. So he could afford to take the loss. And you had Michael Elgin, who is, in fact, in the main event of the pay-per-view, get the win. Well done, Ring of Honor. Yeah, it's it's very rare you see uh, other companies actually use logic when, when they're doing their go-home matches. They usually devote everything into the closing segment, but Ring of Honor did a good job here of making everything fit and give everybody the right amount of momentum going into the uh, into the show. And also, you had uh, Matt Taven basically protected. I mean, you had him taken out uh, by Jay Lethal in the match, so he didn't take the pin, and that even protects him for his match against uh, Tommaso Ciampa tomorrow. Absolutely. I thought they did a great job building everybody up, getting everything in the needed to get in in this match to really make the, make the final push towards final battle tomorrow night. But I just have one question. And it's about the rules, and you know how I am about rules. Uh-oh. 
The match started with I've, I've never thought about this before till I think it was Steve Carino mentioned it. The match starts with two people in the ring, and they said it was determined by a backstage coin toss. I thought about this too. How does a coin toss work between four people? Exactly. I have no. Maybe my thinking was you have like a coin toss tournament because you know how Ring of Honor loves their tournaments. Yes. So you have a coin toss tournament, and the winner of said tournament can then choose who he wants to compete against at the beginning of the match. That's the best explanation I can come up with. That 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 works for me because I was thinking the same thing. They should show that one day. It's just them getting all of the wrestlers together and doing a coin toss backstage. <laughs> That'd be amazing. They, they can show that to us on the Ring of Honor app coming soon. <laughs> Not really. And then we went to the main event segment where, well, actually, first we got an Adam Cole promo. I don't know if you saw this, John. It was uh, yes, yeah. There was uh, these promos interspersed throughout the night. There's a great Red Dragon promo earlier where oh, they're yes. talking about their scarves and cardigans and poetry night on Tuesday, <laughs> and I still don't understand their gimmick, but I love it. I think their gimmick is just that they're douchebags and they're friends and they really like each other, and that's it. Okay. Yeah. And then there's also a very well done video package about the Kevin Steen and Michael Bennett feud that made me think this feud was a lot better than it actually was. Yeah, if you'd been watching and really knew like the you know, just how stupid and contrived this feud feels. But if you just watched this video, you would get the impression that yeah, this is in fact a really big match and the pile driver is an important thing. It's like the pile driver is like this ultimate move of death, apparently. And and with great power comes great responsibility, and this is what this thing's about. Yes, and I thought they. That, I think that's exactly what a video package should be, taking something that might not be that great, but making you want to see it. And now, as a result of that video, I want to see this match. And then we went to uh, the main event, which was Steve Carino, in fact, doing his job for once and interviewing somebody. And he interviewed uh, Jay Briscoe. And he's not a very good interviewer, John. He just pointed out a bunch of facts, including that Jay Briscoe is not the champion. <laughs> and that he's not the champion. I think he pointed out once again that uh, he is not the champion. Yes, he did. Did you, by the way, see that Jay Briscoe promo this week on uh, on the YouTube? I s- saw it, but I didn't watch it yet. It was the best thing I have ever seen. And if you want any any proof or or any evidence as to why Jay Briscoe might not be as awesome in the WWE, watch that. Just sit down and watch it later, and it will blow your mind at the level of profanity that this man can reach. He like does, went, he, does he like com- combine uh, curse words? Kind of. He almost starts to invent his own words. I don't know if he does it on purpose or if he just got all mush-mouthed. He he almost got to the whole inventing words territory. It was it was incredible. It was Mark Briscoe and Jay Briscoe, and he had Mark Briscoe being really calm and really rational, and then Jay Briscoe just went nuts. It was the best. I can't wait to watch it then. He did not go as crazy in this promo, although he did at one point get ready to uh, beat up Steve Carino, and then of all people, and I guess this makes sense in hindsight, but. Silas Young attacked, and I felt like the crowd was just like, wait, what? Wrong Briscoe. That, that's, yeah, that's what my first reaction was, too. 
but then Mark Briscoe ran out, and then Adam Cole ran out, and then Michael Elgin ran out. And then I was actually surprised by this. Adam Cole, I guess I should stop being surprised at how awesome Adam Cole is. <laughs> it's been a couple of years now. But Adam Cole, as the dastardly heel that he is, was able to lay out and was ultimately standing tall over uh, Michael Elgin and Jay Briscoe. And he, you know, he was, he's the threatening guy. He's going into this match as the champion and that's it. I thought this was an awesome closing segment. I thought so too. I think this show as a whole did a great job of hyping up final battle. And it was the perfect example of what a go home show should be. Yeah, and like you said before, they usually put these go-home shows at the the same week that the show is airing. Sometimes it's even airing at the same time, depending on what market you're watching in. Um, and so they they can do a great go-home show, but it doesn't matter if you've already gone home. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. This was a, a perfectly placed go-home show. And again, kudos to the new TV model. I think uh, they're going to do – they're going to have a lot better timing now with where their shows go and, and, and what they promote. So good on ring of honor. Now, let's see. Have any more thoughts on the TV, John, we can move on to not too much news this week, but the news that we do have is kind of big and obviously going into final battle. So John, let's go to you and the news. Here. John? There's been one more match added to Final Battle, which we'll preview uh, the entire show here in just a few minutes. But this final match is Matt Hardy going one-on-one versus Adam Page. So, I guess Um, this is just a way to give Page more experience, but it's good to see Matt Hardy back. I never thought I'd say that, but it's good to see him back. Sure is. And we'll give our entire thoughts about that here in a few minutes, but let's move on to the last bit of news. There's just a little bit of news this week, like you said. Uh, there's been more participants announced for the 2014 Top Prospects Tournament. Uh, seven of the eight wrestlers have been revealed, and added to the two already announced are the benchmark Bill Daly, Cheeseburger, uh, the one wrestler we talked about last week we wanted to see in it is Andrew Everett. Yay! And the Romantic Touch. Okay, I don't know who that is. But yay, Andrew Everett! I'm excited to see what he can do in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Have you seen him before? Uh, I have. Yes, I saw him at uh, Live in Evolve last year. Okay. What about the romantic touch? He appeared on the Glory by Honor pre-show and had a quick storyline during the pre-show, which I was hoping would be a ongoing thing where they do different storylines from pre-show <laughs> to pre-show. But it, it is apparently Rhett Titus in a mask, and he looks really, really weird. And uncomfortable. Like I just feel uncomfortable looking at him in a mask. Oh Jesus Christ! All right. Well. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's the news. I'm glad Andrew Everett got in. I don't. You know, we were just talking about this last week and how he at least deserved a spot in the tournament. And I feel like he's going to be the guy who uh, gets that big win in the tournament, gets that run, and maybe loses in the finals to whoever Ring of Honor wants to be there. But I don't see him winning this year. But I do see him. Getting a good rub in the tournament and maybe hopefully ending up in the company anyway. 
and I've been mistaken. There's one more wrestler been announced. I, I missed out on him by accident. Oh, oh. Congo. Yay! That is awesome. I love Congo. I, I, just I have never an, seen him. I wanted an excuse to use the uh, the drum wool there. I actually have no idea who Congo is. Yeah, I, I don't know either. He has half his face painted. He has Congo tattooed on his arm, like Umaga had Samoa on his actually, stomach. He looks. He kind of looks like like a like a modern or not modern, but an updated Umaga. You know what? I think he was on TV before. I think he had a match. How and about that? I think. I only remember this because I was doing reviews um, for another website at the time, and I just completely slammed this character. I had so much fun reviewing it. That's the only reason I remember Congo. So, yes, I do, in fact, know who Congo is. No offense to Congo, but that's hilarious. Good job, Ring of Honor. But anyway, what do you want to do now, John? Do you want to go to the final battle review, or do you want to talk about questions? Uh, we can uh, preview Final Battle, then we can uh, cap it off with the listener questions. Yeah, because we don't need a format sheet. Let's just plan just on, freestyle the, on the freestyle this. Yeah, we, we we flow freestyle now on the ROH cast. But yeah, the biggest show of the year tomorrow night, Final Battle from uh, the uh, Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City at 7.30. Not on live iPay-Per-View unless, you know, they decide to pull another fast one. But uh, you will have it supposedly the next day. I probably wouldn't hold my breath. Um, but you'll get it eventually. And, I mean, the main event's going to be good. And, and after the show that we saw on TV, it should be a, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it a little bit more. On a scale of 1 to 10, where do you rank your excitement level for this show? Oh, this show? God. Um, well, before it was like at a th- 4. And now it's like out of five. Yeah, before I would say I was at a three or four, but now after the TV, I'd probably be close to a seven. I thought they did that good of a job hyping everything up. Hmm, really? I I still only really care about one match, and that's the main event. I still don't care. We'll, we'll get there, but let's uh, let's start from the beginning, John. Uh, yes, uh, the first match listed is the special challenge match uh, we just talked about. Matt Hardy versus Adam Page. And this came about with Matt Hardy realizing he had one more match left on his Ring of Honor contract, and he was going to fulfill that last match at Final Battle. And he did that in a great, great promo that aired on that was on YouTube. Matt Hardy has a crappy lawyer. If he just now realized that he had one more match on his contract, he needs to get R.D. Evans. He does. He needs R.D. Evans. He needs the, the tandem that is R.D. Evans and Veda Scott. That's a great legal team. Uh, much better than Park, Park, and Park, which apparently does not <laughs> exist. But uh, I, I can't see Matt Hardy actually opening the show. So I think this this will go somewhere in the middle. Maybe even the second match from the bottom. But I don't... I People hate Matt Hardy so much. I, I just... I don't see it being a right decision to put him at the opening match. Yeah, that makes sense. Put him like midway through to get the crowd back into it or something like that. Yes. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm guessing Matt Hardy wins. I don't think Adam Page is going to beat Matt Hardy. No, but I think just being in the ring with Matt Hardy helps Adam Page a lot. 
Moving on, we got the strap match between Mark Briscoe and Silas Young. Another match that I should care about, but don't I don't like gimmicky matches in Ring of Honor. It's not Ring of Honor is not a gimmick promotion. You know, some promotions are and these matches work well in there. These days they have their fans. But you know, I'm a fan of some gimmick promotions, but Ring of Honor isn't that place. So you have a a strap match and a stretcher match on the same show. I'm not down with that. I think I'd have been fine with either just the strap match or just the stretcher match. But the overdoing of gimmick matches is, like you said, too much for a company like Ring of Honor. But I'm not going to hold that against the people in the match. I think it should still be a very good match. I really like Silas Young. I can handle Mark Briscoe when he's being more serious, I guess. But I'm looking forward to this match. I can't really pick who's going to go over. Like I don't feel like it matters either way. I guess Mark Briscoe to make the crowd happy. Um, I don't see any upward momentum for either of these guys right now since the main event looks looks okay for the time being. That's a good point. I think this was really just a space filler feud for Mark Briscoe to give him something to do until they have more plans for him. And it, I think it really did help elevate Silas Young in the meantime too, going against somebody like Mark Briscoe. What happens after Briscoe... Uh, after this match for Mark, is he going back with Jay in a tag, or is he uh, just pretty much on his own now as a singles? I think he's still pretty much on his own as a singles. I wouldn't be surprised if the Briscoes or like the American Wolves were for a few years, where they're still a tag team but only occasionally tag together, just for big time, you know, dream matches. I could see maybe Mark Briscoe going after the TV title. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, this match, again, is going to be wacky. I don't know where it's going to be on the card. But uh, people love them some Mark Briscoe, so I feel like they'll they'll be hyped. And, and Silas Young is, is also pretty popular. Yeah, but I think the next match we're going to talk about could possibly be the opening match with the returning IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks, taking on Adrenaline Rush of ACH and Tadarius Thomas. Really, you see this as the opener. I see this as the either the uh, the the closing match before intermission or the match right after intermission. That seems to be. I like. I've even started uh, reverently, reverentially referring to that match as the Young Bucks spot because that's where they always seem to fall is right after intermission, um, and they do a really good job because they're just so entertaining and so much fun. Uh, so I, I feel like they'll go there. I guess maybe because Adrenaline Rush will go at the very opener, but I don't know. I feel like they'll be all right at the intermission spot. But uh, what's the deal with the Young Bucks? Because we haven't seen them in ROH for a while. Yeah, I don't know uh, if they're just working. Obviously, they're just working on a per-appearance basis, but I'm not sure how often they'll be appearing going forward. This is the first time they've appeared since All-Star Extravaganza in August, I believe. And I guess they will be hopefully be sticking around more often going into the future. No, it's the first time since Manhattan Mayhem that we've seen the Young Bucks when they took on the Forever Hooligans. Really? That was the last match they did in ROH, huh? Yes, it was. And so hopefully they stick around more often and make more more regular appearances going forward because I love the Young Bucks. They're yeah. probably my favorite tag team in the world right now. 
They, yeah, I agree with you. They're, they're, I, I really turned the corner on the Bucks over the last couple of months because I, my criticism was always that they, you know, they're not the best workers in the world. They like to do the same thing over and over. But that, in a way, and I guess you have to be a certain fan. Uh, you have to look at wrestling a certain way. But it's almost endearing, the fact that they don't know how to work in the traditional sense. I mean, they know how to do a bunch of really cool moves. And we, we had this discussion last week about PWG. But they know how to do a bunch of cool moves. And they like to do super kicks a lot. And it's comedy, in a sense. But... You can also take these guys seriously, like not not in the Santino Morella comedy sense where you know that they're never going to win a match. It's the comedy sense where they're funny, but they're probably going to kick this guy's ass. And that's why I love them. They have the personality and they have the skills in the ring to back that personality up. And I think it makes for a great, great act. Moral of the story is Ring of Honor, more young bucks. Yes, every show. Yes. And moving on to the match I think will be the match before intermission is the special tag team match with Roderick Strong and Jay Lethal versus diehard Eddie Edwards and a mystery partner. Yeah, this could also be in that position. Um, Yeah, I feel this being a a first half, definitely. Um, Probably you're right in that closing spot before intermission. Have you had any more thoughts about who the mystery partner could be? I'm still set on it being Paul London. They said it's the name that will make make it worth it to be there just for himself alone. I think it could be Paul London. I've seen the name AJ Styles thrown around. Yes. But I don't think they'll put AJ Styles out there without any hype. That's somebody you say is going to be there who will sell tickets. I would say that for any other company, but Ring of Honor is weird. Um, And I feel like they would bring him in for Big Pop, especially I don't see him being a permanent part of Ring of Honor. Um, I see him just doing this big appearance. It's final battle. You know, the only problem is AJ's contract doesn't come due until Monday. So I don't know what he can do until then in terms of appearing places and doing things. But yeah, his TNA contract or the extension he signed isn't up until Monday. So two days by two days, he might not be able to appear on final battle. That'll be rough for Ring of Honor if that is what they're planning to do. And I think somebody said on the forum his contract forbids any kind of hype going into a show, but it doesn't affect him his ability to appear on shows. So maybe that's why Ring of Honor is doing it this way if it was him. But I still think if it was a big name like an AJ Styles, they would want to say that. Yeah, and I don't know. like this. I think that's that's the whole thing about this match is the mystery guy. I think Hero's basically out of the running. Um, I guess it could be Paul London. I still almost feel like it would be kind of a disappointing thing to bring London in. Um, I think Styles would be good, but again, I, I don't know. Maybe he can do it with the with the contract and everything. I feel like if, if it turns out to be AJ, that reaction's going to be amazing, though. Oh, absolutely. I think that would probably be the... Loudest reaction Ring of Honor fans will give anybody since maybe Danielson and McGinnis left. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, next up is the stretcher match. Loser must stop using the pile driver. Uh, Kevin Steen, who is now also listed as Mr. Wrestling once again, is going against Michael Bennett with Maria Canellis. Instead of Mr. Evil? Instead of Mr. Evil or what was the other one? The... Wrestling's worst nightmare. Yes, Mister Evil. I love that one. Did you see that shoot where 
I think it was the first Kevin Steen show where he said that was Jim Cornette's idea for his new nickname with a straight face in, in like 2011. Mr. Evil. The, the 80s called Mr. Cornette. <laughs> anyway, Kevin Steen wins this match. I They had a good video, but I still don't care. I went from absolutely not wanting to see this and hating everything about it to just mildly disliking it because of the video package. I I am not looking forward to this a lot, but I am not going to hate on it as much as I did. I think it should be an okay match, and I know that Kevin Steen is going to win because it wouldn't make any sense otherwise, but it should be an okay match. Yeah, Mike Bennett doesn't need the pile driver. Kevin Steen also doesn't need the pile driver, but it's become a part of his, you know, his signature thing. So that's like taking, you know, making a stretch here kind of, but that's like taking the leg drop away from Hulk Hogan. You know, it's, it does not compute. So yes, Kevin Steen wins. And it's just weird thinking of the last few final battles Kevin Steen has had going from turning on Generico to fighting Generico to against Steve Carino to last year, the latter war with Generico, to Michael Bennett. Yes. It's just, a- it's just a big step down when you think about Kevin Steen's history at Final Battle. Yeah, no offense to Mike Bennett, but yeah. Ouch. That's a big fall. Well, moving on, we are finally getting the uh, Ring of Honor World Tag Team title match we've all been waiting for when Red Dragon defend against Outlaw Inc., Yay, I think. Wait, have we really been waiting for that? I haven't been waiting. Uh, we, we've technically been waiting for it, but we haven't been looking forward to it. I, I see. Well, I, you know, the Red Dragon have been the champion since, like, August or September. Only losing the belt for a few weeks since gaining it at the anniversary show, I believe. Yeah. So... I guess. I mean, I still don't understand the motivation for Outlaw Inc. I don't get it. I don't know why they're there. I don't know. Again, like we talked about earlier, I don't know if they're baby faces or heels or what the hell. I do know that Red Dragon are heels. I know that. So I guess by default, that makes Outlaw Inc. faces? I guess. Will they turn a heel when they win the titles? Like, I'm, I'm confused. But anyway, I guess I see, just because it's new, I guess Outlaw Inc. wins. Yes, but I still don't know where either team goes from here. Yeah, I think there are literally two tag teams left in the division. I wouldn't mind if the Young Bucks get thrust up into the uh, tag team title scene. I'm not sure how their commitments to Japan would work out with that, but... That would be pretty much the only saving grace of the division in the early parts of next year. Totally wouldn't mind that at all. I would love to see the Young Bucks and uh, Red Dragon or the Young Bucks and hmm, maybe the Young Bucks and Outlawing could be fun. I feel like they could have a lot of fun together. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I think Eddie Kingston somebody that works better against smaller guys like the Bucks. So that could be fun. Yeah. So, yes, do that, Ring of Honor. And up next is the other title match we've all been waiting for. When the Ring of Honor World Television Champion, Matt Taven, with the Truth Martini, defends against Tommaso Ciampa. I feel like just to be jerks, they're going to have Taven retain. 
just because we've called it as a given that Champa wins here. That I think that'd be absolutely hilarious. That would make me angry. I think I, I don't think I'd be able to stop laughing. Because <laughs> I think I just lose my mind just laughing at that. That's the swing of honor going, stop trying to know stuff because we do what we want here. But I think it, it would be the smart decision to have Tommaso Ciampa win it here and give the titles some prestige because God knows Matt Taven and, and the hoopla thing has not helped the TV titles cause. Yeah, it's not that it's Matt Taven and the hoopla hotties and the house of truth that's hurting it. I think it's just the lack of feuds he's been giving, the lack of opportunities to showcase his, his personality or his talents is what's hurting it and hurting the title because he's in, held it for nine months. He hasn't had one feud in those nine months. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything last week, and I still can't. So you're right. I I don't know. It's a little too late now to start a feud, I think. It's going to get really boring. The fans, I think, have had it enough of Matt Taven as a champion, and it's time to uh, give it to the Sicilian psychopath. I expect this match, or if, if I was going to book this, I would book it like Ultimate Warrior defeating Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> I would have Tommaso Chavo go out there, kill Truth Martini, and then kill Matt Taven and claim the belt. That would be amazing. They they should do this immediately. Like like this is like right now before like don't even wait for the show. <laughs> they just tweet it like in a few minutes. It's such a short match that they can put it up on Vine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do that. Yes, do it, uh, Champa. I believe in you. And finally, this is actually the match we've all been waiting for. Yes. Five, the main three. event, finally, the Ring of Honor World Championship th- triple threat match. The Ring of Honor World Champion Adam Cole defends against the self-proclaimed real champion Jay Briscoe versus unbreakable Michael Elgin, who doesn't have a belt. Poor Elgin. He should have created the unbreakable belt. Just to have three belts? Yeah. It's and then unify him before the WWE does it at TLC. <laughs> it's funny that I'm going to see a, a match where guys fight over two belts tomorrow, and then I'm going to see the same thing on Sunday. <laughs> uh, Except this has actually been built up for months and months, and the other one was thrown together two weeks ago. Yes. Uh, yeah, you're right. This match is like six months in the making. More if you count that you know Michael Elgin was named number one contender like in April, and then he had to fight in the tournament anyway to ultimately lose, which sucks for Elgin. But now he's getting the the match, and I guess this is what it's all been leading to. So if you want to look at it that way, this thing has been like eight months in the making. Yes, and I think it's, I wasn't really that big of a fan of it at first when Jay Briscoe lost the title and they did the tournament. I was not feeling it, but the last few weeks they've really dialed it up quite a bit, and it's made me interested to see this match. I think it sucks for Michael Elgin, like you said, that he was number one contender and never got the title shot until he had to win the entire tournament, completely negating the fact that he was number one contender. And I think that could have been something that could have played into the feud. It's the only complaint I have about this, is that I wish they would have made Adam Cole pull the strings between Jay Briscoe and Michael Elgin and had them to and made them to gun for each other instead of just gunning for him. Yeah, because when you think about it, I mean, 
Michael Elgin, they, they've made it so that it feels like Michael Elgin has no role in this feud. He's just there, and it's a three-way. And you're right, they really could have done more between Jay and Elgin. Like, even that promo I was telling you about, it was Jay Briscoe cutting a promo on Adam Cole. And at the very end, he's like, oh, Michael Elgin, I'm going to beat your ass, too. And it's like, really? He is just as big a part of this match. And, I mean, I don't know. I, I've... I guess it's too soon, but he's gonna be he's gonna end up champion like this year in twenty fourteen. Yes, he he's gonna be the next probably the next world champion. So I think they need to put more emphasis on building him up as the threat that he is. Although from that same point of view, and I know this this would suck if you're Adam Cole, but they've made they've been leaving Elgin out of the storyline I think so much that they could do it in a way where it'll surprise people that much more if Elgin should actually win at final battle yes I, I, that could be what they're doing just to the, for the surprise factor but I just wish they wouldn't have done that if they're doing it that way <laughs> and do we know title. if this is an elimination or just a sudden death triple threat? Have they said? They haven't specified either way, but they usually do the elimination style ones. Hmm. That would be interesting. Jay Briscoe made a point to say that in his promo that he was going to kill Adam Cole in the match so that he and Elgin could be left to fight for the title. So I don't know what that means. Hopefully, it does not mean that he actually kills Adam Cole, because that would make me really sad. <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> um, who do you see winning this thing? Is it going to be uh, Adam Cole retaining here, just continue being a great heel champion? Or, uh, I mean, I think actually all three could potentially win and and have it make sense. That's the, Yeah, that's what makes this match so great, I think, is when you can't tell who's going to win the match, and that's what they did here. Every wrestler in this match has the exact same percentage, exact exact same chance of winning in the fans' eyes, I believe. And I think just because he's teasing the reveal of some kind of mentor, well, is that that will help Adam Cole keep the belt? Adam Cole joins the House of Truth. Yes. <laughs> he just kills Matt Taven. He takes his place, and then he and then he like does a segment where he kicks all the hotties out and makes his stable serious again. That'll get him heat. Just to, like, get out of here, Scarlet. Yeah, get out of here. And then everybody boos, and he's like, yeah, that's right. Even you, Truth Martini, I, I, I know in the house of truth. <laughs> That'd be the best. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I, I am a, a fan of Adam Cole, and I'm a big fan of Elgin's, too, but I like Cole just a little bit more, and so my bias is going to say that Adam Cole retains here. I am going with Adam Cole as well. All right. So that's uh, the show. Happens tomorrow night. Not on iPay-Per-View, but if you're in the New York area, feel free to uh, let us know what's going on at the show at ROH underscore world on Twitter and Facebook.com slash ROH world. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show as it happens and then I'm sure we'll have results as soon as the show's over over at rohworld.com but 
we've got questions for you. Well, you've got questions, and hopefully, we've got answers. Here's John. I love that song so much. <laughs> it's so fun. It makes no sense, though. <laughs> We're gonna start out with a uh, with a on Facebook with a question from Drew Farmer. It's actually a response from a proposal you made last week, Des. But he starts out by saying, "Hey guys, love the podcast and really enjoying the All American Duo." Sorry, Harry and Stuff Pants Steven. So uh, USA, USA, yeah. USA, USA. And he goes, and he continues. In regards to the proposal that Des gave on the most recent show uh, about you know not watching a Ring of Honor television, uh, he goes, "I must say I have not watched the TV show for about eighteen months. Not seen an iPay per view since Jay Briscoe won the title. Consider, but there's also only been one since then." Right. And really don't follow anything. I get 99% of my Ring of Honor info from you guys every week as I don't have time to watch the TV, and etc. I honestly don't think fans would miss anything if they did the same thing. Uh, he continues with, I like that Jimmy Jacobs is brought back, but his title shot was ridiculous, and Ring of Honor is so far removed from the rules they preached a few years ago. I feel they do a terrible job of working, creating, and continuing storylines, and it shouldn't be that difficult with a weekly show and the internet. Recall the territory days when companies ran the same towns over and over and had weekly shows and no internet, yet they created compelling storylines that captivated fans. In my opinion, I don't think Delirious has been that much of an improvement over Cornette. I'd rather see someone like Steve Carino get the book. If there was a shuffle at the Booker position, any thoughts on whom you would like to get the book? Um... I don't know who's available. Has Steve Carino... I don't even know. Has Carino booked before? I do not have an answer for that, other than I don't know. I'm sure he's helped, but I don't know if he's ever run the book. I don't know. Um, I, I Carino seems like a smart guy, but I don't know like what his philosophy would be. Um, he's obviously known for the hardcore stuff. I think he's gotten a lot smarter, so I don't think he'd make the guys do more hardcore stuff. It's uh, I think Delirious is fine in the position. I think he's just doing what he feels he needs to do. And, and I mean, the TV thing is a, is a something I obviously agree with. It was my proposal. It's just, it seems like there's too much weight on the internet stuff, on the internet product. I mean, Think about it this week, the Matt Hardy thing. If you're watching the TV, you have no idea that Matt Hardy is going to be at Final Battle. It's it's That's all on that, YouTube. Sure. It's all on YouTube. So I think you know there needs to be a better balance of TV and Internet, but I don't know if ultimately that's Delirious' fault. Um, that might just be the way Sinclair and, or the people there want to distribute their media through uh, more of internet which is ridiculous since you know they're a tv company but anyway yeah and pertaining to this question about who if they're going to replace delirious who i'd like to see as booker i think either kevin steen because he and generica pretty much booked their entire feud i'd like to see what he can do with like an entire roster and i think jimmy jacobs could be very good in that role too he seems to have a great mind for wrestling and could be very creative with what he does. 
Yeah, um, I guess. I haven't heard either of these guys really booking before, like an entire roster. So it's it's always a it's always a trial to see how they're going to do with all the stress of having so many people to answer to, um, especially in a in a much more corporate type setting like Ring of Honor now, as opposed to you know I'm sure guys have booked other indies in the past that you know really doesn't matter. It's just an indie. Um, but this is a this is a different animal now. So it's you know there are always guys that we think are going to be really good booking, and then it turns out they're terrible because they have so much responsibility. Or we can always bring in Mike Quackenbush and turn it into Ring of Chikara. Yes, I am. Okay, this week Kevin Kelly pointed out that Eddie Kingston is a former Chikara Grand Champion, and that made me mad. He never lost. No, that match was a no contest. It was, in fact, a no contest. He almost lost, but he didn't. So, Kevin Kelly, get your facts straight. Moving on, we have two more Facebook questions. Uh, the f- next one is from Stephen Ronald Jackson, and he asks, Out of the matches listed on the Ring of Honor website, which match do you think is the Ring of Honor match of the year? And the matches listed are, are you ready for, for these matches? I'm ready. I am ready. Right. The Champions versus All-Stars match from Glory by Honor 12. Roderick Strong versus Paul Linden from the same show. Adam Cole versus Michael Elgin in the World Title Tournament Finals from Death Before Dishonor XI11. Red Dragon versus the Forever Hooligans for the tag team titles from the TV taping. Steel Cage Warfare. Uh... Jimmy Jacobs and Cliff Compton versus Jay Lethal and Michael Elgin from Border Wars. Kevin Steen versus Jay Briscoe from Supercard of Honor 7. Michael Elgin versus Jay Lethal from Supercard of Honor 7. Kevin Steen versus Jay Lethal from the 11th anniversary event. And Kevin Steen versus El Generico Ladder War 4 from last year's final battle. So basically we're supposed to vote from every match that happened this year in Ring of Honor. And For the most like, part, except the match I think is the match of the year and the Young Bucks yes. versus the Forever Hooligans. Yeah, that has to be match of the year right there. All the other matches, they had moments, but collectively they weren't the great match. The match you're talking about with the Bucks and the Hooligans was awesome, like start to finish. But out of the matches listed, which match do you think should win the match of the year? You want to do him again? You know, I like Strong in London. I thought that was just an awesome match at the time. Yeah, I think either Strong or London or Elgin and Lethal from Supercard of Honor. The one where Lethal slipped over the top rope and lost his unbeatable powers. Yeah, I remember that match being good, but I don't remember it. I just remember it being very good. But... I think I'm going to have to go with Roderick Strong and Paul London. And that might just be because it's the match that's most fresh in my mind still. Maybe I'm going to have to take a look at this list and, and maybe go back and try and watch some of these matches over the weekend because this is a very good uh, way to spend the week. I'm unemployed. I need something to do. You can take my job, but I st- I'm still giving the paycheck for it. No, I'm good. All right. Well, it was worth a shot. Uh, we have one more question on Facebook from Ken Smell, and uh, he starts out by saying, Do you think that the recent appearances by Colt Cabana and Kevin Steen on the Steve Austin show 
It is the beginning of the rise of a rise in popularity for Ring of Honor and indie wrestling in general. Steve Austin seems to be gaining more of an interest in independent promotions, with Chris Jericho recently getting into the podcasting world and wrestlers realizing that podcasting is a good means of sustainability. I think that we'll see more and more indie guests on some of the mainstream shows. And uh, have you listened to the Steve Austin show with Kevin Steen on it? Not yet. I've been meaning to uh, later today. It is really interesting. It pretty much talks about just his training, Kevin Steen's training with Jacques Rougeau in the early days, mm-hmm. and then his travels since. And it's really interesting. Yeah, I feel like Austin is 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 very good as a as a go as a uh, as a host because he's not ashamed to admit that he doesn't know something. Uh, unlike a lot of wrestlers, where they'll just kind of be bullish about it, he's very open to you know i don't know what this is explain this to me or something so i think uh like uh, with kevin steen like with cole cabana for the cole cabana interview uh that he did that where austin interviewed colt for his podcast it was clear at that point that austin didn't even know who kevin steen was you know um and yeah he said on the podcast that interview was the reason he got one of the reasons he got kevin steen on the show it was that and kevin steen actually wrote a letter to uh, to uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin after uh, he heard his name mentioned on the Colt Cabana show, thanking him for mentioning his name and thanking him for advice uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin had given him in 2005. And I thought it was really cool for Stone Cold Steve Austin to bring him on the show based on those two things alone. Yeah, that's kind of awesome. I hope Austin gave him advice too on on uh, taking care of his body because these these crazy things Kevin Steen does are, are not going to they're not going to let him last much longer if he keeps doing this. And uh, Ken Smell continues talking about the uh, interview. If you haven't listened to the Steve Austin show with Steen, you must. Uh, and this is a really funny moment I don't, that, I, that I was going to actually bring up talking about, but Ken Smell brought it up. Uh, Austin asked Steen about Generico, and Steen gave a story about how Generico retired to work in an orphan- orphanage in Mexico. <laughs> but there's this guy named Semi Zane who uses the same moves, has the same birthday, etc., and Generico lives on through him. But Austin didn't really catch on, and it was hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. Poor Austin. But it was a really good interview, and it's a must-listen, I think. It was very interesting. I hope, he, I hope Austin understands. I hope people have tweeted him since and explained to him. Because I, <laughs> I, I don't think Kevin Steen uh, caught on that Austin didn't catch on, and he kept going with it. <laughs> It was very. It was really funny. That's great. Uh, moving on, we have a few questions on the forum. Uh, Felker Pat has two questions, and he uh, asks the first one: Do you think Cole and or Elgin will, or do you still think Cole and or Elgin will end up in the WWE? Um, I see Cole in there because he's got everything right now. The total package. I guess I'll, I don't know. Do you see Elgin ending up in WWE? I. Didn't for a while, but if the likes of Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards and even like Sammy Callahan are winding up there, I can see Elgin there as well. To me, I think the only thing stopping Elgin from ending up there is his promos. And I mean, you know, they've got that performance center and and you can work on promos there. So I guess he's got, you know, I like Elgin a lot. I just... He's very special on the indie scene, and I feel like if you take him up to WWE, it's going to be a whole new, a whole new animal. Yeah, because what sets him apart in 
the indie scene is his strength and size, and in the WWE, he would just be another big guy. Yeah. And his next question is, how do you think Ring of Honor's 2013 compared to their 2012? Um, as I recall, we didn't like their 2012, did we? I don't remember. We we I wasn't big on their 2012. It, to me, 2012 seemed like a year to develop their talent for 2013, and I think we saw that talent finally come uh, to the top with the uh, main event of Elgin and Cole at Death Before Dishonor XI11. Literally, I remember Ladder War 2012, and then a bunch of static in between the final battle 2011 and 2012. I remember really liking Kevin Steen's matches against Elgin and Davey Richards and then Elgin and Richards at Showdown of the Sun. I think that was 2012. Was it 2012? It might have been. might have been 2011, though. Dates are hard to remember. Yeah, I'm not good with memorizing stuff. But I think I, but just because of the TV show, I think got more, got less campy in 2013 than it was in 2012. Made it 2013 better by comparison. Because remember in 2012, we had Mike Mondo running around making out with everybody. Oh God, yes, I hated 2012. So 2013 was a major step up. Yes, yeah, you're right. 2013 was better. Uh, the next. Uh, first on the form is DX versus NWO 1994 with two questions of his own. Uh, first question is, who is stronger, Michael Elgin or Antonio Cesaro? Um, I guess they're going to have to wrestle each other and find out. I would say Cesaro. I, I actually might be, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What's harder to do, a, a long uh, deadlift Suplex or a short airplane spin? I think what we need to do is get them in a bench press competition. And whoever benches the most weight wins. And then they will both immediately be trumped by Mark Henry, who pulls two trucks. That is stupid. There's no reason <laughs> to be that strong. It, it, <laughs> never in my life will I have to pull two trucks by hand. You, you don't know that, John. There might come a day. Well, then I'll just call Mark Henry. Yeah, there you go. And as next next question is, which final battle shows were you say, would you say were the best? And likewise, which were the worst? I haven't seen all of them. Um, the show that got me into Ring of Honor, though, was um, Final Battle 2010 with Richards and uh, Strong and then the main event with the unsanctioned match between Steen and Generico. That's what... You know, I, I had seen Ring of Honor matches in the past, and I knew it was a thing. Um, but I watched Final Battle 2010, and I'm like, this is awesome. I'm going to go back and watch everything I possibly can. So I bought a bunch of DVDs, and my Ring of Honor fandom was pretty much born from that show. Because the story that Generico and Steen told was just so perfect. It was crazy, but it was perfect. So that went to me just for sentimental purposes, has to be the best final battle show. Maybe the worst has to be the the year before that. Not so much because of the content of the show, but because that was their first pay-per-view. And it was just such a disaster. I don't know if you got to see that, John. But it was horrific. 
with that. I think it was Austin Aries and Tyler Black in the main event. The 2009 one was kind of weak because the main event was one of those where you knew it was going to go to a time limit draw within the first 15 minutes. And the crowd there just started crapping on everything. But it was also the show where we got Steen to turn on Generico. And I thought that was that, that's enough to make that not the worst. I would have to say the next year after 2010, 2011, might be the worst because that show just dragged on and on and on and on. And we had the Davey Richards versus Eddie Edwards match. Oh, that, that's right. That had Dan Severn and Eddie Edwards' corner. And you know what? I remember looking so forward to that show just because they, aside from the like Dan, Dan Severn stuff, they did a good job building that that thing between Edwards that like they were friends, but the friendship was slowly starting to crumble away. Um, and I, I remember really looking forward to that match and just being so disappointed um, because that show was just, my God, you're right. That show dragged. And I think, was that the one where they wrestled for like 45 minutes or was that the best in the world match? I don't remember. That was both of the matches. <laughs> That's right. Because they tried to do it again. They tried to have the exact same match. Yeah, that's why I hated that match. Oh and I got God. mad because they built up Eddie Edwards' dragging, Dragon Sleeper as a deadly move, and he attempted it once within the first 30 seconds and never tried it again. Yeah. That made me so mad. And, and Dan Severn's role consisted entirely of carrying Truth Martini away, which Martini had nothing to do with the match. Like neither of the guys were involved in that and with Truth Martini at that point. No, he just walked out there like, Yep, I'm out here. And yeah. Dan Severn's like, No, you're not. That was like so obviously, let's get Dan involved, let's just have him do this, but there was no story to that. So I don't know, it was silly. But yeah, I mean I can't I've seen matches from other final battles, but I haven't seen the entire shows from like pre two thousand nine, so I couldn't tell you if they were, I'm sure, that, I'm, you know, like, old Ring of Honor gets a lot of praise, but some shows were really bad. So there could have been a final battle worse in 2011. I just haven't seen it. Yeah, that's, how, that's what I'm going to say, too. I've seen, I think, every final battle since 2007. All right. But I, uh, 2007, 2008 kind of run together for me because those are the ones I didn't watch in time. Those are the two I went back to watch after, well, after they had ran on DVD. So I'll have to say 2011, just because of how horrible it was, and, and it was really well built up too. But just it was bad. Yeah. And finally, to wrap up the show, we have two questions on Twitter. Uh, first, by at ZmanJets86, uh, which top prospects are you most excited about for the upcoming tourney? Andrew Everett and Cheeseburger. Couldn't have said it better myself. And finally. Dan at Dan R underscore uh, asks, how would you book the phenomenal one if he were to return to Ring of Honor? Um, well, I would bring him back for the match tomorrow and have him do the match and leave because I don't know if Ring of Honor can afford to keep him around for longer than one show appearance. Let's say his asking price was reasonable for Ring of Honor. I would have him come in and do stuff with Adam Cole because AJ, although he hasn't been like the big, big star anywhere, he has the credibility that he was in Ring of Honor before. He was a star in TNA. And uh, 
you know, he's he's got the experience, so I think if you can get him in a program with Adam Cole immediately, while Cole is champion, and then have Cole get the big win over AJ, I think that would do a lot for uh, Adam Cole. So I, w- I would do that. I was going to say the exact same thing. Well, great minds think alike, John. Yes, they do. I'd, I'd have him versus Adam Cole as the main event of Best in the World next year. Hmm, that would be great if you could do that. Like, if you got him in immediately and had a six-month build, that would be a lot of fun. I think that I would love to see AJ Styles versus Adam Cole. And just think of AJ Styles versus, like, Michael Elgin. AJ Styles versus anybody Anybody. on this roster really would be incredible. It all screams fresh. That's the thing. Like, Ring of Honor, the whole point of the top prospect tournament is to bring in new blood but if you bring in AJ Styles, that's a, a ton of fresh matches that you can have on the next couple of shows. So that's um, – and a lot of them could be main event caliber even. So I would love to see that. I just – I don't even know what AJ's asking price is. I just heard it's really high. I think I saw like $3,000. Okay. And that's – Per appearance. Yeah. That's kind of nuts. So – there you go. That's everything. Final battles tomorrow. I hope if you are going to the show, I hope you have a great time. It's impossible to it's impossible to go to a Ring of Honor show live and not have a good time. And sometimes the shows might be disappointing on TV or on pay-per-view, but if you go, you're surrounded by a bunch of people who like wrestling. It's not sad like another indie show. This is the Ring of Honor fans are, are ridiculous. Um so you're going to have a good time. And if you watch it on tape delay, well, I hope you enjoy it there too. And, and um, leave us your comments, ROH World on Facebook, ROH underscore World on Twitter, uh, com slash forum to write on our message board and all sorts of other fun stuff. So we'll talk about the show at some point, maybe next week. I don't know what we're doing, John. But we'll be back at some point here on the ROH cast. So uh, I'm Des Del- I'm uh, the zombie podcaster Des. With the American Bearded Nightmare John for the ROH cast.